0: Buddhaṁ saranaṁ gacchāmi Dhammaṁ saranaṁ gacchāmi Sanghaṁ saranaṁ gacchāmi Yoga jāyate bhūri Ayoga Ayogaveburi sankhayo Etam didapatam yatva bhavaya vidhavaya cha Tatattanam nivesaya Yatha buri pavadati Friends, I am very happy to see you all practicing well. Since you are practicing, you have been practicing this morning. uh, Now it is the good time for us to listen to the Dhamma talk. So you all are ready to listen to a Dhamma talk. For this Dhamma talk, our topic is meditation and Buddhist meditation. First I would like to talk a little bit about our attitudes. Because sometimes, you know, we have different attitudes, approaches to anything. Like, everybody, everybody has different attitudes. But when we come to a certain group, certain team, for a team work, we all should have sort of one kind of attitude. Maybe one or two, but we have to have a sort of similar attitudes. That's what I want to say. Similar attitudes. What are the similar attitudes? When we want to, as we are here as a team, we are practicing. We came here to practice. So we all, we are Buddhist. Buddhist, the term Buddhist derived from the root Buddha. Buddha means knowledge, wisdom. So Buddhists are the wise persons, intelligent pe- people. When the people become more and more intelligent, they become Buddhist. This is what happened in the world. If you think of the world, what is going on in the world, When the people are educated, when they learn more and more things, they want to know what Buddhism is. That is what, that is the nature. So then they they want to understand Buddhism. So as Buddhists, we should have two types of attitudes. First, our attitude should be positive. Positive attitudes, not negative attitudes. Positive thinking, always positive thinking. This is very important. Wherever we go, whatever we are doing, we we should have to have positive thoughts, positive thinking, positive attitudes. It means that we have, like, when we have something, like, say, for instance, when we come to this place, Sometimes some people, some people might think that oh, no enough space, no enough facilities like that. Why, why we have no other facilities over there? Why don't we use such there uh, like that? Some, someone might think. But this is more than enough. We have been given all facilities here. We took you to think in such a way that, oh, this is good, this, this is wonderful, this more than enough. So mm. everything here. So that is how we we see the positive side. You know the saying, every cloud has a silver lining. Huh? Silver lining. We have to understand that there is a silver lining. When you see, see the the, the uh, bush of a rose, not, you are not thinking that, oh, it is thorny. Not only tone. There are flowers. Beautiful flowers. Like that. We have to think positively. Buddhism is from the beginning to the end. Buddhism is a positive thinking. Buddha taught us positive thinking, not negative thinking. It, it, it was the positive thinking that the Buddha developed, cultivated throughout his life. Not only this lifetime, even before, in his previous lives. You know, once the, the Buddha uh, was a merchant. He was a leader of a, a group, caravan leader. Those days it was the tradition that in India, people used carts to, to transport their goods, merchandise. The, as he was the merchant, he was the caravan leader. He loaded his merchandise to the five to five hundred carts. All the carts were ready to leave the, the the following morning. In the previous day evening, another person. He, he himself had five hundred carts loaded merchandise. He. Also came to him, and he said that I want to go first. Now they both were ready to go to a certain one particular place, particular city, to sell their goods. The first, you know, the early bird catches worm. That is the say. So he want they wanted to go first, first. So they both want to go first, but that can that cannot happen. One of them should go first. So the Buddha, then he was the merchant. So that person came, that was none other than Devadatta. You know Devadatta is the Buddha's arch enemy. That time he, was some, he himself was a merchant. He came, he, he showed up and said that uh, I want to go tomorrow morning together with my group. Mm. So now this is sort of failure, failure to him but he started to rationalize he started to think positively what are the benefits if i go later not first if i go later what are the benefits he then when he thought of this he thought like the first pers- the the person who goes first they he together with his group they will have to build roads those days in India roads, have, if anybody wants to go somewhere, like cars, then they have to build the roads. So they have to, they have to build roads. Then if I go later, my group, my mm, people, they don't want to worry about roads. The road is already made. So it is, it is good. So we don't want to worry about roads. if we go later. If we go later, again, those who are going first, they have to dig wells for water. Then, if I go later with my friends, then we don't want to dig well. And, when they go first, they have, uh, they are, for their cattle, they are uh, bulls, they cut this grass, striped grass. And the, the bulls, they eat this striped ripe uh, grass. Then when we go there, we have tender leaves for, for us and for different type of leaves for the people to eat and for the animal to eat. Tender ones. Like that, in, he thought in a positive way. This is the positive thinking. So we have to keep in our mind that we are here to practice and not not negatively positively whatever the experience you gain understand that there is something positive sometimes you are, though you are practicing practicing you feel that it's not' it's like unsuccessful you might think if you can if you have no particular concentration, no insight. Later on you might think, oh do so I practice? I can't practice this time. I don't know what happened to me. Well, Earlier yeah, I practised well, but today I can practice. This time I, it was not that successful. No, don't don't think negatively. This is what this is the point. This is what I want to want you to think of. Think positively. You know, the meditation, when you practice meditation, you can't get the result, all the results at, at once. It takes time to understand, I mean. It takes time. So, however, this is the way that we have to keep positive thinking. Positive thinking in one thing. Another thing is our attitude. Metta. We have to develop metta So positive thinking and metta. These are the two types of attitude we have to keep. Metta is to not only one person, two person, not to to, to the the people far away, but metta within first. Within ourselves. Here we have to extend our loving, friendliness. Metta to each and everybody. Here in this hall, in this meditation center and The the, uh, village, the state, country, world, that is how we have to extend our metta, loving-friendliness. So we all have uh, metta, loving-friendliness attitudes as well. So two types of attitudes. Okay, that is what I, first first of all I want to (coughs) mention you this. So let's now come to the topic metta, uh, meditation meditation and Buddhist meditation. <coughs> Why meditation and Buddhist meditation two are these not the same? Yes, Buddhist meditation is quite different. You know we cannot put all these things together. Some people try to put all these things together and say that oh, we all are same. We all practice the same thing like same religions. For instance, they want to put all religions into one basket and say that all religions teach us the same thing. Which is not correct. If all the, all religions teach the same thing, why there are differences? There are certain things, certain religions, which are, which are uh, similar. But Buddhism, you cannot put Buddhism into that sort of groups. Because in Buddhism there are clear-cut differences. There are differences. Buddhist meditation acts as well. In Buddhist meditation there are some differences. Therefore, we cannot put Buddhist meditation to other groups and say that, oh, we all practice the same thing, We we all are sitting, we all are practicing concentration like that. There are many different types of meditation today. You know, like mantra meditation, tantra meditation, yoga meditation, hmm? TM meditation, and even in in Buddhist groups also, in Buddhist uh, Buddhism also like like different techniques. Hmm? Uh, Mahasi method, you can say Mahasi method, Goenka method, this method, that method, different methods of meditation. So what is the purpose? purpose of this meditation. Of course, Buddhist meditation, when you say Buddhist meditation, the Buddhists practice uh, both Samatha and Vipassana. But in other religions, other, even though those, those those days we never have, have had heard meditation in such, such different religions. Now today, almost all religions, they practice meditation. It is good. But the purpose what is the purpose of that meditation? The purpose of that meditation is concentration. They practice meditation for concentration. Or to be unified with the God. With the creator. These are the purpose. They they practice to concentrate uh, or Be unified for the unification with God. So, meditation, this term is defined in the modern dictionaries, this term is defined as thinking over and over. That is how it is defined. Meditation means thinking over and over silently or using a mantra for a special, for a spiritual purpose or a religious purpose. That is how it is defined. But Buddhist meditation is not that. If you are thinking, are you meditating? If you are thinking over and over, that is not meditation. Thinking is not meditation. So, (coughs) when we meditate, there, there are differences. So, Buddhist meditation is not thinking over and over. The purpose of Buddhist meditation is also different. With concentration, you know, practicing concentration as do by other uh, people, uh, through such concentration you cannot address the problems of life. The real problem of life cannot be addressed. What is the real problem in life? The real problem of life is existence. We exist. Beings exist. Beings are born again and again. They are wandering in samsara. This is the problem. And when we exist there are two problems. Two problems arise. What are the two problems? We have to suffer, we have to face death. Since we are existing, we have to suffer. All beings, wherever, in the universe, all universe, all beings have to suffer. That is suffering. And then, all beings Whoever, all beings born have to face death. So the Buddha wanted to find the answer to these two questions. What are the questions? Suffering and death. For the for the uh, for the cessation of suffering, Buddha rediscovered the way, the path. The Buddha realized that there is suffering, there is a cause for suffering, there is a cessation and the path for the cessation. That is how the Buddha answered these questions. The question of suffering. Suffering is the phenomena. Suffering is the, is the everlasting phenomena. Everlasting truth in the world. Four noble truths. The Buddha said four noble truths. Suffering. So the cause of suffering, the cessation of suffering, and the path leading to the cessation of suffering. So, in such a way, the Buddha answered these questions, and then the Buddha answered the question to the uh, the death. He even before his attainment of enlightenment, before his uh, before he became an ascetic, he thought of this. He sort of rationalized: How should I stop this birth? How should I stop this death? Thus he thought: How should I stop this death? To stop death, one has to stop birth. That is how he rationalized. To stop one's birth, one has to stop one's becoming existence power uh, that is the problem to stop one's existence, one has to stop one's clinging attachment to stop one's attachment, one has to stop one's craving in such a way he rationalized and he rediscovered this path he realize this Dhamma. So this is how the Buddha answered the questions. The Buddha in the Mahasatipatthana Sutra, Buddha very clearly said the purpose of Buddhist meditation. The purpose of Buddhist meditation is different. The purpose of Buddhist meditation is what we recited now. Not only one single purpose, there are five purposes. That is what we recited here, just before this, uh, Dhamma talk. This is the preamble of the Mahasatipatthana Sutta, where the Buddha said, Ekayano ayam bhikkhave maggo sattanam visuddhya. Ekayano, Ekayano means one way monks, addressing the monks, the Buddha said, monks, there is only one way. This is one way. There is one way, for what? For the purification of being. ekayano ayām maggo sattā Sattā means beans Sattā, you know, sattā means those who have, uh, those who have attachment to this Five aggregates. Those who cling to these five aggregates are called satya. So satanam visuddhya. Visuddhya means purification. Why we want a purification? We all are defiled. Beings are all the time defiled. That is why we want to refine. That is why we want to cleanse, uh, our defilements. To, to clean our mind, to purify our mind, the Buddha introduced this technique. Technique of meditation, that is both Samatha and Vipassana. Vipassana is the uniqueness in the teaching of the Buddha. So the first purpose is Sattana Vichidya, for the purification of being. This, this is the purpose of Buddhist meditation. First one, Sattanam visuddhya, purification for the purification of being. The second one, for the overcoming of sorrow and lamentation. For the overcoming of sorrow and lamentation. Dukkha do manasanam attangamaya. For the disappearance of pain and grief. Third. Fourth one is, For the reaching, for reaching the path, the Noble Path, Noble Eightfold Path, fourth. And the fifth one, for the realization of Nibbana, that's the fifth. So, these are the purpose of Buddhist meditation. We practice to purify our mind. We practice to overcome sorrow and lamentation. we practice to uh, for the for the disappearance of pain and grief we practice to come to the path noble eightfold path and we practice for the attainment of enlightenment so this is not only the attainment of enlightenment we we can see that we want to purify our mind to live in society to deal with others, to work with others, we need to purify our mind, clean our mind. We we have to have a peaceful mind, a clear mind. That is the primary things. So this this is the first pers- uh, purpose of practicing Buddhist meditation. So when we practice Buddhist meditation, as I said earlier. The Buddha said, Buddha introduced this special, unparalleled technique, which is unparalleled. This was rediscovered, this was very well designed by the Buddha after six years' experiments. He practiced six years. That is called... uh, Austerities, six years of austerities, but eventually he got nothing. He got nothing by practicing these six years rigorous, vigorous practicing austerities. He himself said, "I got nothing, but the, the, my body became just like a skeleton. I became like a skeleton. That's what I gained from practicing austerities. So." However, he practiced this meditation and he did some experiments. Through this experiment, eventually he realized the way is the middle way. Only the middle way. That is how he understood that middle way. And then he designed, sort of designed this technique of meditation. That is the Satipatthana meditation which is in the Satipattana Sutta. Satipattana Sutta, in this Sutta, the technique is given Samatha and Vipassana together. It is not, these are not two different meditations. Sometimes you might have heard that Samatha and Vipassana, these are two different meditations. No, not two different. Buddha wanted us to practice these two together. That is called tandem. Samatha vipassana tandem go together. But you to first you to start somewhere. That is why you we were to practice samatha first. When you practice samatha first, you can switch to inside. So samatha vipassana then go together from the beginning to the end. So in this particular discourse, Mahasadipattana Sutta, when we we can later on. We are going to study this sutta another day. Uh, you can see that you know, it's from the beginning. The Buddha, Buddha give, the first gives the instructions for samatha, concentration, serenity, and then insight. So samatha and vipassana. So what is samatha? Samatha means calmness, serenity. Tranquility. It is not tranquilizing. Samatha means not tranquilizing. Tranquilizing is you 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 do something. To tranquilize like shooting tranquilizes a sort of injection for for elephants or wild animals. Some people do like to tranquilize. So that is not what we do. We Buddhist practice Buddhist meditation to come to the state of tranquility. It happens. Not that you are doing that. You can you can forcefully grasp it. So Buddhist meditation when we practice samatha again that is not absorption. Absorption like you are you are again and again, thinking and trying to get a sort of one point, one pointedness like that. For this purpose, we practice intention, you know, in the right, eightfold path, the second factor is intention, right intention. Right intention means renunciation non-ill-will, non-cruelty. These three are to be developed. Renunciation means you have to give up things. Mentally you have to give up things. As long as we cling to things, we cannot come to, cannot, cannot purify our mind. You have to give up things mentally. That is renunciation. Then you have to have Non-ill-will. Non-ill-will means metta, love and friendliness. And then non cruelty, That is non-violence. You know, the non-violence is the basis of all virtue. Then we can calm down our body, calm down our mind, and come to the, calm, the, the state of calmness that is called concentration or serenity samatha then what is vipassana vipassana means it is called vividhena passati vipassana visheshhena passati vipassana vivida vivida means separately not not less blocks not something like like a block but you analyze, you can analyze things and see as they are. Vishesa in a Vishesa means specially. You see things specially. Unlike other persons, those who are practicing, those who are meditating, they can see things specially. Other persons, other people, they see things and they try to grasp them because they don't know Things are changing. But those who are practicing, they know that things are changing, therefore they don't grasp things. They observe things, and they try to understand the change in nature of things. So those who do not know this, uh, they grasp things, but when they grasp things, they have to suffer. Because things are changing. So, Vipassana, those who are practicing Vipassana, they can see three things. These are called three characteristics of existence. What are the three things? Impermanent, unsatisfactory, soulless. These are the three things. What is impermanent? Impermanence means inconsistency, inconsist- no consistence. Impermanence. It is changing all the time changing, things are in a sort of vibration. Ever, ever ever changing nature of things, whatever animate or inanimate. That is called impermanence. Whatever is impermanent, if we grasp such things, there is suffering. So the Buddha said whatever is in the nature of impermanent, it is in the nature of unsatisfactoriness. Then the third, whatever is in the nature of impermanent, ever-changing, there is no unchanging entity underneath. That is what is called soullessness. There is no soul, no no entity, no substance to be grasped as a soul. So therefore, everything is ever-changing everything is unsatisfactory, everything is soulless. That is the reality. That is the uh, that is our experience when we practice meditation, vipassana meditation we can experience this truth. Those who see these three characteristics are those who see vipassana, see truth. So, these are this these are the two levels of meditation, not two different meditation, but you can say two levels of meditation samatha and vipassana. When you practice samatha, then you can switch to insight uh, vipassana. so these both are to be practiced by oneself. So as I said earlier, vipassana is the uniqueness in the teaching of the Buddha. The Buddha realized a special knowledge, which is called the knowledge to destruct, destroy all defilements. Asava Kaya Jnana. You know, when whoever attained enlightenment, gain at least three knowledges, three types of knowledges. What are the three? The knowledge to, uh, the ability to read, ability to understand his, oh, his previous lives. That is called Pubbe Nivasa Anushat Jnane the ability to recollect one's previous lives. That is the first knowledge one gains for the attainment of enlightenment. These three knowledge should, should be gained. The second one is the ability to see how beings are born to this world and how beings depart here and are born somewhere else in other planets. That's the second knowledge. And the third knowledge is the most important knowledge that is again unique in the teaching of the Buddha. No other in other religions you can find it. That is the complete destruction of defilements. Knowledge to complete destruction of defilement. So these three knowledges are called triple uh, knowledge. Triple knowledge, te vidya in Pali, te vidya, vidya in Sanskrit. So when we practice meditation, the Buddha introduced the technique as mindfulness of breathing. That is our meditation. Mindfulness of breathing in the Mahasatipattana Sutta at the very beginning the buddha introduced this Sathibha, uh, mindfulness of breathing there's a particular discourse named mindfulness of breathing anapanasati anapanasati in which the buddha explained mindfulness of breathing in 16 steps you know when you practice mindfulness of breathing there are 16 steps let's take few minutes to understand these 16 steps, so that you can clear your meditation, you, you know what you are doing, then you you can understand, whenever you have that experience, you know what it is. So the first, the Buddha explained this uh, 16 steps, like the first one, which we did today, whole day, that is called, that is actually the preparatory step, that is called breathing in, out, mindfully. Satova asasati, satova pasasati. That is, that is, the uh, not counted as the sixty, as one of the steps even. It is the preparatory steps. So the, the first one is, uh, the, the long breath and short breath. Long breath, then short breath. Dīgāṁ vā asya-sāntu, dīgāṁ asya-sāmiti paja-nāti, dīgāṁ vā digam dīgāṁ pasya-sāmiti Then the rāsa, the short, rāsaṁ vā asya-sāntu, rāsaṁ vā pasya-sāntu. When you take lone breath, you to understand as it is the lone breath. Lone breath, then lone breath in. when If you take lone breath in, necessarily this that should go should expel the long. that is called long breath. Where there is long there is short uh, that is called short breath. So the first thing is long breath, then second is short breath, long breath short breath. Then the third is whole breath body. the Buddha said whole breath body, observe whole breath body. Whole breath body means like, uh, whole means from the beginning to the end. From beginning to the end. When, when the breath touches at the tip of your nose, nostril, you to understand that it's touching. And then it drags in. Drag in, 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 in. You to understand, in, in, in. It's going in. When it comes out, out, out. Out. Dragging in, out, whole breath body. You to observe whole breath body. That is the fourth. And the fifth is calming breath body. You can understand your breath is calming. Come to this serenity, state of serenity, calmness. And then, when you have that serenity, that calmness, there arises rapture, peace, rapture, and then, uh, happiness arises. Then you can understand your thoughts. These are called, uh, chitta sankhara chitta-sankara are mental uh, formations. Chitta-sankara. Your thoughts. You can understand your thoughts. You know whenever the thought arises, you know. Whenever it passes, you know. And then this chitta-sankara, these mental formations are also coming. Ceasing. Then you can understand mind. This is what is mind. You can clearly understand what mind is then. Then there arises gladdening. With gladdening your mind, gladdening of your mind, you come to the complete uh, state of serenity. That is called samadhi. Samadhan chitta Buddha said Samadhan Chittang Asasisamit Samadhan samadhan Chittam pasasis sekati like that. Then the next is you come you completely cut off five hindrances. That is called Vimochayang, release of all hindrances. No more five hindrances arise again. Thereafter no more five hindrances, then with that, by this time your mindfulness is steady, your wisdom is will develop, and you have clear comprehension. Three, three things you have developed. Three things by this time: mindfulness, wisdom, and clear comprehension. Mindfulness is your attention. Wisdom, then, clear comprehension means you know things clearly. You can, when you give your attention, you see it as it is. Where you have insight, that is anicca. You know anicca, what impermanent is. <coughs> that is impermanence. Understanding impermanence, anicca then, viraga anupassi, that is viraga is dispassion. You completely cut off dispassion. And the frip, 15th is niroda, cessation. 16th is relinquishment. With this one attains enlightenment. Arahantship. You see, Buddha has designed, very well designed this technique and he taught us this clearly. There is a clear-cut way for Buddhists to practice. That is why the Buddha said, this is the teaching of all Buddhas, not only this Buddha. This is the teaching of all Buddhas. There is a stanza in Dhammapada. Sabba Pāpasya Akarana. Upasampada. Sachitta Paryo Dapanang Etang Buddha Sabba Avoid all evil. Kusalasa Upasampada. Develop all good. Wholesome. Develop. Sachitta Paryodapanam, developing of one's mind. This is the teaching of all Buddhas. So friends, this is how we have to understand the teaching of the Buddha. This method, this technique of meditation. When you practice this meditation, some people think, oh, I know meditation. I have read many books. I have read many books. I have read many discourses. And then they think that they they know Dhamma. They know uh, Buddhism. They know meditation. Sometimes they try to teach meditation just by reading. Reading, you can get knowledge. That is knowledge. That is not your wisdom. That is not your experiential wisdom. One has to practice. In the time of the Buddha, there was a monk named Potila. You must, perhaps you might have heard this, sorry. Name of the monk was Potila. He was an erudite monk, very, like a professor today. If you want to say, like a professor. He knows many things. He, he has read many books. He was a teacher for many students. He was teaching, preaching, but no practicing. So the Buddha, whenever the Buddha saw him, Buddha called him empty potila. <laughs> empty. Tuchya potila. Tuchya means empty. You empty man. Empty potila. When the Buddha called him in this way, he understood that it was because of, because he was not practicing. So one day he gave up everything and went to a far away place where 30 monks, 30 enlightened monks were practicing in the woods. Of the 30, of this, uh, in this group, group of 30, the youngest, Arahant, the youngest enlightened one was 7 years old. 7 years old, the the youngest, the most junior. So this person, this monk, Went to this place, and went to the most senior monk, and asked his instructions. You know, to practice. It is the tradition that you go to, you go to a certain teacher, and you have to get the basic instructions. So he went to the most uh, senior monk, the arahant, and asked some instruction. Then the the when that venerable uh said, uh, you know everything, you are a Nerudite monk, so we don't want to give you any instructions. Uh, anyway, better you go to that monk. And so he, like, he sent another, he sent him to the next monk. And when he was, when he went to the next monk, he himself said, uh, we don't want to give you instructions, you know everything, so you can practice. Uh, however, better you go to the other monks and ask so he was sent from place to place, and finally he was sent to the the most junior one, junior aram, the enlightened one. He was seven years old, as I said earlier so now, when he went to that place, the most junior monk, his pride gone, no more pride. he was so humble. He was ready to do whatever he said. He said, venerable sir, I want to get some instructions for meditation and I can do anything what you say. Then this young one said, "Uh, okay, then you better jump into this pool. He he showed the pool, showed a pool and asked him to jump into the pool. As he he, he, he said, he was ready to do anything. So he was ready to, even ready to jump into the pool with his uh, robes. So, but he did not want to do that. However, he then asked, do you know how to catch, uh, capture a um, snake from the anthill? There is an anthill. Suppose there is an anthill. There is a snake inside. Cobra. How should you, how should you capture this cobra? This young monk uh, asked. But he does not know how to do that. Though he was, was uh, an erudite person, he did not know that. Then he, uh, well, he when he asked, yeah, he said uh, to capture the capture the snake we have to cover the holes, you know, anthill in the anthill there are different holes. You have to cover these holes all except one. And then you have to uh, you have you to be there and whenever the snake come out you have to capture it. That is how you to do. So this venerable say ah this is how you have to practice meditation. So to practice meditation you to cover up the holes of the ankle. So, what is the ankle? This is the ankle. This by aggregates. This is the ankle. In this ankle, ankle, there are different holes. Eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, mind. These are the holes. So, when we go to practice, we close our eyes, close our mouth and (coughs) then we have ears, nose, and body, and also mind. So these are to be take care. We have to understand, we have to to cover these, and cover in here means not to give attention to the things that comes through these senses, but only observing mind. That is, when we observe our mind, that is called mental development. For that we want to practice uh, mindfulness of breathing. For the practice of mindfulness of breathing, we have to give attention and we have to observe our nostril. Then we can understand that breath is coming in, out. That is, the breath is the snake. So you have to understand this simile. So he, this venerable, taught him, gave this idea, gave this uh, sort of object for meditation. Then he started to practice. There the Buddha appeared and Buddha taught him. Buddha gave a stanza which I recited at the beginning of this Dhamma talk. The Buddha said, jayate etam yoga means here meditation meditation is the way to develop wisdom this is the meaning Yoga means wisdom so meditation is the way to develop wisdom. Ayoga ve Buri shankhaya. Without meditation your wisdom wanes, dissipate. Ayoga ve burisankayu. Etang dita Nyatva these are two different twofold ways. One way is the develop one way is for the development of your wisdom. The other way is to venerate your uh, wisdom. Having understood these two ways, one has to practice, one has to develop, one has to practice so that one's wisdom grows. So that is the meaning. So friends, this is why we want to practice meditation. Meditation. We practice meditation, Buddhist meditation, this technique to develop our mind, to develop our wisdom, to develop our insight so that we can see things as they are, so that we can realize the three characteristics of existence and finally to realize the real peace, real happiness of Nepal. This is why we practice Buddhist meditation. Let's understand the significance of this the wonderful teaching of the Buddha. And let's continue our practice by practicing this technique, this wonderful technique of the Buddha. May we all attain ultimate bliss of Nidana. Thank you for listening.